Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Searcy Sports Show. I'm your host, Nelson Searcy, and whatever platform you are listening on today and wherever you are listening, I hope you are having a fantastic day. What an exciting time it is for the sports world. The NBA bubble is providing us with some thrilling basketball. Um, The MLB is back despite a few hiccups along the way, and the PGA Tour is gracing us with our first major of the year this weekend, and I'm so excited about that. A little update for you all since it's been about two months without an episode. I've had a very busy summer with work, and although the podcast has been on the back burner a little bit, I'm still pushing to get out episodes, and and, and I really enjoy this platform a ton. Um, I can't guarantee a specific, consistent timeline, but just know that I am still planning on putting out whatever I can on this platform as much as possible. Without further ado, here are this week's Searcy Storylines, three current stories in the sports world that are catching my eye. And the first story is that the PGA Tour without fans is much better than I expected. Um, The PGA Tour has been back since mid-June, so it's been almost two months uh, with golf back. And at first, I wasn't sure, especially since golf was kind of the first sport back um, that we saw without fans, I wasn't sure how that things would, would be, kind of the entertainment value would change without fans. And now that we're kind of seeing with the NBA, they have the kind of virtual fans on the wall and everything. It still has been very entertaining and very exciting. I think that the, the, the greatest thing about not having fans um, across all sports, not just golf, um, is kind of the hot mics, the player mics. Um, really getting to hear player chatter, discussions between coaches and players, players and players. Um, just all of the like natural sounds and and the conversations that go on during the normal game um, just kind of reminds you that you know they're even though they are professional athletes like they're they're people too and we just kind of hear them react and and assess things just as we are um, and it's 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 really honestly brings a whole new type of entertainment that we probably don't see very often um, it brings kind of a rawness to the games to the, to the games of sports that we're watching. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. And, and as golf was the first sport back with, uh, without fans, um, it kind of gave an insight as to what it would look like for the near future because obviously we probably won't have fans for quite a while in, in many sports. Um, and then, of, of course, football, with that's another sport where you feel like the crowd really makes a huge difference. So we'll see how that looks as well whenever the NFL season is scheduled to get started in about a month or so's time. Um, yeah, the sports world, although we do miss the fans, the fans are such a vital part to things. I do think that there are some some great qualities to um, having fans gone for the time being. But, of course, we all want to be back watching games in person eventually and that everybody gets on a healthy path as far as players, coaches, and fans, and, and everything goes across the world of sports. The second storyline today is that the NBA bubble has been extremely effective and very, very fun. Um, my favorite things about the NBA bubble so far have been player safety. Um, I feel like that um, the league has done a great job in setting guidelines for the players as far as what they can and can't do. Um, having them all in one space is great. I know that they've had two straight rounds of, of everyone's negative testing for COVID, which is awesome. It seems like the league has been very strict on player safety guidelines and has done a great job of maintaining consistency throughout all of that so that everyone is healthy and ready to go and that we can get basketball on, on the way. And also, the games have been super entertaining and super fun, um, and it's far from over. Um, we're not even to the playoffs yet, and I feel like we've had so many good competitive close games that, that mean a lot. 
um, already as we're seeing teams still fight to get into the playoffs um, in the Western Conference and seeding purposes in both conferences. Um, just a lot of really competitive, fun games, and I'm so excited to see what the playoffs are like once we get there in a few weeks. And the third storyline is that although the MLB has hit some bumps in the road, um, I do think that they are on the way to being in a good place like the NBA and the PGA Tour are. Um, I do think that the MLB had to kind of fight with not having their own bubble at first. I know that the PGA Tour had a few P- had a few COVID cases, excuse me, um, that they had to deal with early on in the tournament schedule. But just like the NBA, the last few weeks, everybody has been negative. Um, and that's been great to see, especially because they have to deal with travel, unlike the NBA does. And so as the MLB is dealing with um, the Miami Marlins had to quarantine for a week and a half, um, the St. Louis Cardinals are in the midst of their quarantine. Um, just teams are having to figure out how to keep their players safe, and the league is ha- having to figure out how to you know, find the right places to travel and to station players and everything like that. Um, so the MLB is on their way to kind of making everything as secure as they can. And I know that that sometimes takes time and hopefully nobody is, is negatively impacted by that in terms of their health. Um, but the MLB is, is, has had a few more bumps in the road than I feel like the NBA and the PJ tour has, but, um, it'll be interesting to see how they go forward with safety guidelines, if they have to change anything. Um, and I really hope that everything stays clean and good and that they can have a, a safe, clean ride to the playoffs. And as I mentioned in the first story of the day, um, the PJ Championship is this weekend at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, the first major of the year for the uh, for the PJ Tour. And I'd like to make my predictions on this week's event. Um, I want to discuss who I'm picking to win, who is my top ten lock, um, who I think could surprise, and who I think might disappoint. Um, first, we're going to start with my top 10 lock of the week being Justin Thomas. Um, he is back to number one in the world for the first time in a little bit after his win last week at the, at the WGC uh, event in Memphis. Um, he had a great week last week, and he's been playing great golf this year. He's leading the FedEx Cup by almost 700 points, somewhere around there. Um, and I, I, just, I see his run continuing very well this week of good play. Um, also, one thing that is kind of underrated and has been a big talking point, but I, I do think it makes a big difference, is that um, Jim Bones Mackay, um, Phil Mickelson's old caddy, um, is on his bag for the next few weeks as his caddy is currently um, out. So um, Bones is, is a great caddy. He's done He did great on tour for a long time, and he really knows JT's game. Um, so I just really think that that partnership will continue to be effective and lead into the major this week, and I think he'll play very well. I think this week's disappointment, although his expectations have been fairly low as of the last few years, um, just because of his play, is Jordan Spieth. Um, I I hate to see Jordan not succeeding as much as he was um, in 2015-16, um, but he really just has struggled with his ball striking. He's been very inconsistent off the tee, his irons, and, and even his putting. His putting's still pretty solid, but he just has just so much inconsistency in his game um, that I just think he needs to iron out. And I know it's been a while coming, and I think he's just in a little bit of frustration. Plus, he does have the pressure this week of completing the career Grand Slam, which, as we know, for players like Phil Mickelson and that, um, they've had lots of chances at it. 
Um, and it's, it's just very hard to go out and know you have to win to do something and, and, to, and to actually go do it. Um, so I think that Jordan's a, still a little bit away from, from where he wants to be and, and where he can be. Um, so I, I just don't really see him playing super well this week with all that pressure and the inconsistencies that are currently in his game. The surprise of the week for me, a player who could surprise, which may not be super surprising, but I feel like he flies a bit under the radar, is Jason Day. Um, Jason Day coming into the PGA Championship this week has had three consecutive top 10 finishes. He seems to be fairly healthy. We know he's had some back issues um, as of late. Um, he always seems to struggle with some injuries throughout his career, but um, heading into this week, he seems very healthy. He's, had, he's played great golf for the last month. Um, and he won the PJ Championship a few years ago, um, although, yes, of course, it is at a different course every year. But I do think that there is a sense of comfort that he has with this championship, especially um, now that he's won it. Um, I think that he'll go into this week and play very solid. He's a good ball striker, a great putter, and these greens are lightning fast. Um, and I, I think that he's going to have a great week on the greens. I think that he'll play very solid. I don't necessarily know if he'll win, but I think he'll have a very solid week at Harding Park. And my winner for this week, my pick to win the PGA Championship at TBC Harding Park in San Francisco, California, is a fellow Californian, Xander Shoffley. Um, Xander is currently ranked number 11 in the world, and he grew up in California, so I feel like he will be used to the kind of um, different conditions that California can bring, especially in the summer. Um, the California summers can be really weird. There's sometimes some middle temperature weather, um, kind of 50s and foggy and kind of just odd. Um, so I think he's gonna gonna handle all that well. Um, he's really really consistent ball striker. That's something you need at Harding Park this week with the rough, and um, and especially uh, trying to hold the greens as the greens are very firm and fast coming in. So you really need to hit the fairway. Um, and Xander is a great driver of the golf ball. He's a great iron player. Um, and if he can get his putter rolling, I think that he will be able to do that as he's familiar with kind of California area greens. Um, I do think that it's Xander's time to win a major. Um, the PGA Championship seems to, with the exception of Brooks Kepka in the last couple of years, the PGA Championship usually seems to bring out winners that aren't that that are uh, first timers. Um, and even if the first timers that are in contention do not win, it seems like a lot of um, guys who haven't really been up there to major do show up. Um, and I think that Xander's game is really ready to win that first major. So I'm picking Xander Shoffley to win this week's PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park. Next up is the reminder that I like to give everyone um, in each episode is just to a, a reminder to take care of yourself. Um, we are continuing to kind of deal with the COVID-19 pandemic and whether it be physical health or mental health, which is something that I push a lot. Uh, make sure that you are taking care of yourself in all the ways that you can. Uh, make sure you're reaching out to support around you, whether it be family, friends, uh, doctors, anything like that. Um, there, are, there are many ways that you can look after yourself in this time, whether it be physically or mentally, socially, emotionally, anything like that. So just make sure that you are taking the proper care of it for yourself and looking out for those around you as well. And now back to the sports. Um, I want to talk about the bubble boys in the NBA. Um, three bubble participants that have surprised me and three bubble participants that have disappointed me thus far in the NBA's restart in Disney. And the first surprise is Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Phoenix Suns are undefeated in the bubble, and Devin Booker made a fantastic buzzer beater the other night against the Clippers to make it 3-0 and in the bubble for the Phoenix Suns, and they seem very cohesive. I really did like the Suns team, kind of how they put together over the offseason as well. Um, they were getting DeAndre Ayton back from the suspension he faced earlier in the season. Devin Booker is obviously a, an incredible scorer of the basketball 
really solid player. Um, Ricky Rubio was able to come is able to come in and, and play make for them, um, and I think he's a, he's very solid. Mikhail Bridges has been very solid this year as well, a nice three and D player for the Suns, as well. And Dario Saric is a little bit of a spark plug at power forward. Um, it was a nice free agent signing as well. Um, I just think that they put together a really cohesive, fun team, and they're really starting to reap the benefits as everyone's together and and uh, had time to. Um, gain some chemistry together as a team and they're playing really well. They're really fun to watch. Um, and I, I wish the Suns the rest of the luck in the bubble as they try to sneak into the Western conference playoffs. The second bubble participant that has surprised me is TJ Warren of the Indiana Pacers. Um, TJ has historically been a solid player, a solid scorer, uh, somebody who's, you know, a good offensive threat. And we've really seen that come to fruition in a big way the last three games as he's put up 53, 34, and 32 points respectively. Um, those are ridiculous numbers, and he's shooting something like 67% from the field in those three games, and that's unbelievable. And the Pacers have been playing some really solid basketball. They weren't sure if they would have Victor Oladipo for a while, and they do. Um, and I really like their squad with Malcolm Brogdon, another solid 3-and-D player who's very fundamentally sound. Uh, Miles Turner and Delmontis Sabonis is a nice explosive front court. And, of course, when you have TJ Warren scoring like he does, that is a solid five players right there, and they do have a solid bench unit as well. Um, so I think the Pacers could make a splash in the playoffs whenever they get there, and especially if TJ Warren is putting up the numbers like he is now. Um, of course, he probably will come back to earth, back down to earth a little bit, but if TJ Warren is scoring at the numbers he is with the rest of the Pacers production that they currently have, that could be a very dangerous team to watch going forward. And the third bubble participant that has been surprising, and it is very, very fun to watch, is Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trailblazers. Um, man, Carmelo has been super entertaining, super fun. I mean, I love his attitude. Um, he's just, he's been shooting the ball well. He's scoring 15 to 20 points and, and almost all the Trailblazers games that they've had back in the bubble. Um, he, they, they had a nice win against the Grizzlies in overtime, which is a big win as the Grizzlies are sitting in the eight seed currently by a thread. Um, they played very well against the Celtics, just lost at the end of that game. And they had a great win against the Houston Rockets who had been playing well in their first couple of games in the bubble as well. Um, Damian Lillard is still playing very well for the Blazers. Um, and Yusuf Nurkic being back is very underrated, I think. I think Yusuf Nurkic is a really solid player. I think can make a big difference for them down low. Um, and, yeah, if Carmelo is continuing to score as well to kind of supplement Damian Lillard's output and and provide opportunities you know, to open up space in the paint for Yusuf Nurkic, I think the Trailblazers could also sneak into that eight seed in the West, which is a very interesting race to watch as the Suns are playing well, the Spurs are hanging in there, and the Grizzlies are kind of starting to fall off, which is the first uh, disappointment of the bubble so far is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they've, they're really unlucky with the Jaron Jackson Jr. knee injury that's going to cost him the rest of the season. Um, prayers go out to Jaron on a speedy recovery. But the Grizzlies, even with Jaron for the few games that they had him for, um, just didn't really seem like they were gelling very well. Um, the energy really wasn't super high. Um, and they just have really struggled as they've lost every game in the bubble um, thus far. Um, I know that the Grizzlies were a really big surprise at the beginning of the year, and maybe this is kind of them coming back to reality a little bit. But I do think that you know they, they have some really solid players in John Morant, Jonas Valanciunas, and Dylan Brooks, um, and uh, Brandon Clark. They really do have a solid squad, but Jaron Jackson Jr. injury plus 
the kind of slow start that they've gotten off to in the bubble is really hurting their chances at holding on to that eight seed, and they really need to start playing well now. And and it's also not good for them that the Phoenix Suns and the Portland Trailblazers and, and everyone kind of chasing them is getting some momentum. Um, so we'll see what the Grizzlies can do, but it's not looking great for them at the moment. The second bubble participants that have disappointed me are all Los Angeles Lakers that are not Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, other than their first game back against the Clippers, the Lakers have been pretty ice cold um, shooting the ball. Danny Green has not shot the ball very efficiently. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Deion Waiters and, and guys like that that are really supposed to supplement the offense um, just have not been very efficient, very solid. Um, and Anthony Davis is a great player, and LeBron obviously is a great player. Both of them have been putting up pretty good numbers, but they can't sustain the load for too long, and, and that was kind of the one worry about the Lakers was that are they you know a little bit too you know star-reliant on LeBron and, and AD's production. Um, and so we'll see how that continues going forward. I mean, I'm sure that the that guys like Danny Green and, and KCP will be able to kind of pick up where they left off, um, but... But at the moment, they really need to to find something or else their offense is going to be really streaky and it's going to put a lot of pressure on on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now, they can probably handle the pressure and I I still see them doing very well in the playoffs, but in order to kind of beat the big teams in the West, kind of like the Clippers or the Nuggets, they really need consistent offensive production and they're kind of waiting for that at the moment. And the third disappointment in the bubble so far is the New Orleans Pelicans defense. I really am interested as to why the Pelicans' defense has been so ineffective and, and really lackluster. Um, it has it wasn't amazing during the middle of the season, but but they have players like Drew Holiday, who's a very well-known, solid defender. Lonzo Ball is a great defender. Derek Favors can hold his own in the post. And so I'm just very surprised at the inefficiency of the New Orleans Pelicans' defense, and they really need it. Um, their offense has played great. Uh, Zion Williamson has put in great production in the minutes he's been in. Um, Drew Holiday, you know, can put up some good offensive production for you as well as kind of a 3-and-D guy. Um, and Brandon Ingram has been shooting the peel off the ball um, this year, and he's he's been great. But in order for them to, to really be more effective and, and stay close in games, they just cannot continue to give up 130, 140 points a game. Um, when you know that's that's just too much that's that's a lot to handle and a lot of pressure to put on your offensive guys to you know put up 30 35 40 points just to to keep up Um, that's that's a lot of pressure and and they're a young team too so I'm sure they will learn and continue to um, get better at those defensive strategies and 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 playing defense together but at the moment they're just I they're not going to be able to sustain much and and they have a lot in front of them as as I continually talk about the trailblazers and the suns and the spurs playing well um, they have to play well to kind of keep pace and have a chance to play off so um, the pelicans need to figure out what they're going to do defensively because the offense is only half the game and they need to figure out that other half if they're trying to get into the playoffs And with that, that concludes today's episode of the Seriously Sports Show. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that you can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube under the name The Seriously Sports Show. And you can find the show on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the same name. Until next time, this has been your host, Nelson Searcy, signing off.